You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Delay of Game podcast. It's your boy, Wit, and your host, Matt. What's up, everybody? Guys, I think we can all agree that Super Wild Card Weekend did not disappoint on any level. It was amazing. I feel like the middle games were great. The first game was terrible. The last game was even worse. And then we had four great games. Let's focus on those four. Not even discuss anything about the first and the last game. I won't okay, mention well, them. I can, Let's not discuss them. I don't. I don't agree with your uh, <laughs> with your opinion because that's what it is. It's an opinion that the last game didn't matter. The last game mattered probably the most. I think that game had certainly the highest level of scrutiny so who am i to say that you're wrong but you're wrong matt it had the it least mattered. drama of all the games oh that is true even that was just a good old-fashioned <laughs> dick just deep dicking it was amazing the only thing interesting about it is that tom brady's last game might have just been where he got like alzheimer's and forgot how to play football i was shocked by how many miscues there were like just bad throws in the dirt off key, off target, but it shouldn't have been if we've been watching the Bucks all season. That's what my thought on the this is what we've seen from these two teams for most of the season, except maybe just very last couple weeks ish. And everyone, yeah. I think, bit or c- took way too much from like the Cowboys' loss to Washington or the fact that the Bucks beat some shitty NFC South teams. And they're like, oh, they're exactly. they're they're hot now. Or it was just the fact that Tom Brady likes to put it together in the playoffs. Exactly. So for everyone, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Matt and I are giving you no no foreplay this this episode. We are dumping right into <laughs> the games. Yeah, transition so, right in. Yeah, we're going right in. Like, I'm sorry for your for your luck. There is no candlelit dinner. There is no you know talk. There no chatting to warm you up. No, we're going straight into it. So. You, let's start right there. We were already talking about it. This was a game between the Bucks and the Cowboys that I think the the level of, I guess, hype going into it was mid, would you say? It was a game where it felt like the Cowboys were going to lose even if they won. They were going to lose. It was, oh, they lost to the greatest of all time and Tom Brady. If you win, oh, they beat an aging quarterback in a terrible roster. Like, all the noise aside, this was a great game. Cowboys went in there and did exactly what they needed to do. I am hype. With the way they won, I don't think there is a, there can be negative talk. I don't know if there's people out there trying to say, oh yeah, well the Bucks aren't as good as we were talking about. But this was an ass whooping the entire game. It was never close oh, at all. Yes. This this was one of those ass whoopings where like, your mom has called you by your government name, <laughs> made you walk the length of the stairs, and you hit the corner, and she's got like the belt in her hand, and you know what's coming. Like it was that level of ass whooping, and I was this, I am a hundred percent here for it. Get your own like switch from out back, and make sure if it's too oh. small, we're going to keep getting bigger and bigger until it's no, 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 no. Grandmama came with her own switch. <laughs> she came prepared. In this one. She she brought out old trusty, the one that pulls me <laughs> off the bone. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's what this was. Like, this wasn't a dogfight. This wasn't a back and forth. There was like a little shakiness in the beginning from both teams, but the Cowboys were like, all right, we're done fucking around. Like, it just went crazy. That was short-lived for the Cowboys. That was one drive, I believe. <laughs> no, no, Other it was two, Brett, two, three and outs. Brett Maher. And after that... Okay. <laughs> we got to bring it up. It was okay. playoff history. Way to be, way to be ants at a picnic, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I will agree, though. Like, I was watching the game with you, of course, my wife and my kid, and him missing those field goals definitely took a lot out of the room that was cheering for the Cowboys with each miss. You felt like, oh, we scored, and then you missed. You're like, fuck, we just gave them an opportunity to come back. Oh, we scored. Oh, fuck. That's going to be the reason we lose this game. Like, oh, you're lucky that the cow that the Bucks forgot how to play offense, because that certainly felt like the sort of thing that allows the team to come back in, especially given this week's games where we've seen teams come back. Those points could have been crucial. Never wore in this game. 
you have to love the bounce back from Dak. Tony Pollard running hard, probably the best we've seen in a while in, in that run game. And then the defense did a good job, especially Diggs, of locking down Evans for most of the game until it really didn't matter anymore. Exactly. I was actually more shocked by the way CB2 played. And I think that might be more telling that the Bucks didn't have the time to either get down the field because you noticed the ball was coming out so quick. He couldn't really take the shots he wanted to, except for that one against uh, to Julio Jones. That was pretty much the game was out of hand. So Diggs played great. I don't think he made a tackle at all last night. Like he was shoulder tackling and then was kind of around the ball. But I don't think he made a single tackle last night. He didn't want to tackle people, but he also did a good job of not letting people catch the ball around him. So he didn't have to tackle. Uh, And that works. That works just fine for me. So So I got to ask you, like, I know you're not a Cowboys aficionado and I know you don't you don't follow Cowboys (laughs) fandom. okay? but I want to ask you this version of the Cowboys where they play good offense, they play good defense. Is this a team that scares you? This is a team yeah, when they, everything is hitting right has the potential to beat any team in the NFC right now. Yeah. It's just we've seen them be inconsistent. That's their kind of their big problems that there's some inconsistency with that. But when everything goes there, you know, not everything goes their way, but just when they're playing to their potential. Right. They have the potential to beat anyone. So it, if you're another team, yeah. I'd be worried because they were at least the announcers were kind of talking about it, like were they just kind of the last couple of weeks of game planning. For the playoffs, maybe not playing their best because they were trying different things. Not that they weren't mm-hmm. trying, but they were just putting different like CB2s out there to see who would play well. Different packages. Different packages to get ready for this moment to make the run, which maybe a Mike McCarthy-led team knows that, hey, if we're getting the playoffs regardless, maybe we need to be thinking like planning for the playoffs. So maybe that's his experience. So that narrative would not have landed two weeks ago. No. Like, I would never have believed that, not for a second. Last night's game plan, the way that Kellen Moore called that game, maybe there might be a little nugget of truth to that, you know, to that line of thought. Because that QB rollout on the goal line, I think, was like in the second quarter or whatever. second touchdown. I was a masterful play call. You'd already lulled them. With the uh, with the Zeke run the first time, you get up to under center again to make them think it's the same thing, and he does the rollout like that. That is the Kellen Moore that I need. I think for, I need him for three more games. That fake out faked everybody for a everybody. Moment the entire Bucks defense bought it. I think everyone watching at least for a moment. I know it took me a minute to be like, wait, he's got the ball. <laughs> oh damn, yeah. he's hell. Even Stevie Wonder. Dot thought that uh, Ezekiel Elliott had the ball. <laughs> like it faked out everybody, and it makes you forget. Oh, Dak Prescott can run. He can move his. He can use his legs. It was nice like, to see him doing that because that adds another element to their game. It really does. And he his accuracy was back from what you expect. Like he was throwing all over the field, hitting people pretty well. Oh yeah, he was dotting them up. Now I don't want to be a complete homer here, but. I will agree that the level of competition was not the same. The mm-hmm. Bucks were eight and nine for a reason. Cowboys did what they were supposed to do. You can't take a whole lot from the performance on the defensive side of the ball because that was the same offense they've been putting up all season. Yeah. A lot so, of that was self-inflicted mm-hmm. wounds by the Bucks. So, Agreed. But they did what they're supposed to do, and they didn't let up, and they kicked ass. So True. Freaking enjoy story. it if you're a Bucks fan. I mean, enjoy it if you're a Dallas fan, <laughs> not a Bucks fan. Enjoy it if you're a Bucks fan Bucks too. Fan, hey, shit. Maybe you're gonna get Tom Brady out finally. It looks like Todd Bowles. I'm assuming he's gone after this season. He's got to be. You're gonna get some rebuilding going on. So maybe that's what you guys need. Hey, you got your championship out of the deal. Be happy about it. Yeah, that's a pretty good thing. Like one championship right away from Tom Brady. Pretty good experiment. Exactly. All right, Matt. We've got a shitload of games. That were great. You want to just move into the other one that wasn't so great, so then we could just talk about all the phenomenal games. I was after. about to recommend that San Fran, my fucking guy, versus Seahawks. I, it went exactly how we thought it would go for sure. Seahawks is not being good enough, <laughs> <laughs> but they kept it close up until halftime. Until halftime, it, it was real close. I think the Seahawks were leading for a little bit at one point. Yeah, right? seventeen fourteen. So they're not a terrible team. It's just San Fran is the class of the NFC right now. I would have to agree. I, when you play San Francisco, 
they make you play perfect football where you have to be perfect every drive because if they get up on you one two scores it's done they have a nasty pass rush they have a great defense and then they have they know how to manage i think a drive shanahan is great at calling plays great at calling drives i think if they get a big lead they're just gonna eat away at that clock and you're gonna be over Exactly. That That's the thing that you have to worry about when you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. But I will say this. Kudos to the Seahawks for getting to the dance and keeping it competitive, at least for a while. Definitely. We were shitting on them at the beginning of the year. We thought oh, this was absolutely. a complete rebuild. It's going to be, you know, 4-13, and 13, not be relevant at all. They did well. And a huge part of that is the resurgence or just... The surgeons, I guess he never <laughs> was anywhere to begin with, but of Geno Smith, like he showed up this season and made everyone take notice. You know, I will say this. It is crazy that we're talking about a Seattle team who they didn't win their division, but who made a playoff spot and still have a top 10 pick like this team has been put in a really good position for the future. Yeah. Trading away Wilson for just a ton of picks and then the Broncos shitting the bed really helped them. That helped quite a bit. So they're going to be able to rebuild in a season where they went to the playoffs. That's That's huge. the dream as a Seahawks fan, right? You're still played well and you got plenty of opportunity to add more talent. So now based off of this season, do you try to re-sign Gino? And if you do, like what's 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 a, a comparable contract? That's the huge question for this front office and every front office, right? Is who's your quarterback? Yeah, Geno Smith played pretty well, and it's hard to get a starting quarterback. But Geno Smith is also 31, 32. So it's going to have to come down to your evaluation, right, of this incoming QB class, which I know, at least early on, some of them are uh, scouted pretty highly. Like C.J. Shroud oh, yeah. just came out. I saw like people saying he's going to be a top five probably. There's still, Absolutely. what's the Alabama guy I know, Bryce? Oh, uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. He's a... You know, consensus probably number one right now until everyone pokes and prods in the offseason. Of course. And then he inevitably falls for one reason or another. And if you're sitting in the top 10, like you have the ammo to go get that guy. If you believe that's a future starter for you, like your franchise QB. So it's going to come down to scouting. They don't like somebody, though. At least they know. Resign Gino. I would have to hope for the what, the $20 million range. You hope. Maybe. But I don't know. Like, But you're like, you're absolutely right. You, you got to look at the quarterback position. If you look at the, the playoffs, I think Dak might be the oldest quarterback in there at like 29. Maybe he's 28. Like, I don't I don't know if you want to make him your long-term goal, but maybe you can resign him for like two years. He would give you flexibility, at least, if you don't believe in this year's draft or if you think a guy would be better off sitting for a year. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, you have him or hell, even if you draft somebody, see if he'll stick around. People get hurt, right? Like, That's true. And we've seen. Look at Jimmy G and Brock Purdy and all them. Yeah. How important QD depth is. It's the most important position for a reason. Having depth is always great. And if you have a franchise QB under a rookie deal, you have extra money to go secure up another spot. So okay. that could be it. But you're right. I was just going to say, like, we look at who won in the playoffs. It's all QBs. Best QBs yep. won the day. Except maybe the Giants. But the way they have Daniel Jones playing. They're utilizing his yes. talents better than the Vikings did. Absolutely. We're going to delve into that one in a bit. Now, you you made a really great point about getting a franchise QB on a rookie contract. Looking at the 49ers, do you think they've found that with Brock Purdy? I wasn't a believer at first, but his first playoff game to put 300, he looked mm-hmm. solid. Like, he doesn't look like a rookie. The game wasn't too big for him, right? Like... You watch him, and I know he had that one touchdown pass that everyone was like, oh, wow, what a great pass, where he like, split the defenders. But if you look at it, it wasn't a great pass, and that's because he's a rookie, right? Like, it's not it's not always going to be perfect, but he got away with it. So outside of that one, he moved the pocket well. He extended drives, extended plays. Like, this kid is everything you were hoping for when you went up and got Trey Lance. What? I don't want to. I don't want to get into that just yet because that's in the play in the off season. But let's just talk about Purdy's play. Like you have to be impressed with this kid. It's insane that the, Mr. Irrelevant is coming into the playoffs and playing this well. It shows you. Yeah. I think one, it's how QB friendly 
uh, Shanahan's offense is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they also too, they're just loaded with weapons. Oh, yeah. So we've seen multiple quarterbacks come in and do pretty well, except for Trey Lance. <laughs> I got to dig at that real quick. But it's still either way, even with all those things being said, it's still impressive. He's been their best quarterback this season. Hands down. Even with Hands guys down. like Garoppolo, who's been there for years. Now, I think my only caveat, my only knock, and it's not even knock against Purdy, but just in general about the the persona of the unbeatable air of the 49ers. They've beaten the Cardinals, the Seahawks twice, the Saints, and uh, the Bucks. Oh, and the Raiders. So not like, defensive top five guys. <laughs> exactly. Like, show me anywhere in that run where they played either a top 10 defense or a top 10 offense, right? That would be my only caveat before I go around saying that, you know, he's quarterbacking the best team in the NFC right now. I know you want to, yeah, caveat for your Cowboys. <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying. I think it's a fair criticism, though. We haven't seen him face a top, you know, a top defense. You know, that's certainly, I think, going to give you troubles as a rookie quarterback. You haven't seen some stuff. So if the coordinators on, say, like the Cowboys who are facing them can mm-hmm. create some confusing packages, is Shanahan going to be able to do that, like, combat that by just making things real easy for him and just trying to like mm-hmm. super simple. I'm assuming that's what it's going to be. They're going to try to make it real easy. Just get like easy stuff to CMC or Samuel to try to avoid exactly, yeah. having to really read a bunch of the defense. So it's going to be interesting, like, uh, you know, attack counter attack sort of between the two coaches, like a chess match of like, how do we oh, combat yeah. this and how do we counteract that? Oh, definitely. And you said it nail on the head. They've got the ultimate QB protection in uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo, Debo Samuels. You get the ball to those guys in space and you just put your hands behind your head and just watch them work. Yeah, if you can do a screen or just a, even just a handoff at this point, right? But they yeah. they know how to get the ball to them in kind of those like extended handoffs with like screens and stuff like that or reverses. Mm-hmm. I don't know about reverses, but you know, different runs and all that. Creatively getting them the ball where it's probably not a difficult read either. It's just quick, hot pass to them. Let him do his work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I was talking about the the QB blankets or QB securities, right? You forget about George Kittle. They've developed a rapport together, right? So there's a lot in this system that is to his uh, his advantage. And you can't knock him or you can't blame him for where he gets drafted, but he has fallen into the perfect spot. And I think Shanahan is getting the absolute most out of him. And it looks good on on tape for sure. Definitely. So it's going to be up to the Cowboys offense. I mean, I know it's a look ahead, but I'm just going to say it now uh, to keep up with them. And then if you can get ahead or something and really force them some down the field passes that coverage mm-hmm. can get, you know, can really start confusing him. That's what we'll need to see. But OK. All right. So, I mean, those were the two worst games of the season. <laughs> and we're, we've already been talking for like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, playoff football is the best. <laughs> Or sorry, not the two worst games of the season, but the postseason. But yes, playoff football is amazing. Matt, I'm gonna defer to you. What game are we talking about next? All right, let me. They're all great. Let's talk about Chargers Jags. Second game of the season. Second game cool. of the week. Just a insane game for those who don't know. Chargers up a ton. Jaguars come back and win it in the yes. last minute. Could you imagine if you were a Chargers fan and you took a nap? Let's say it like half like half time you're like oh this game is done we've got five picks on or five turnovers in the first half we're blowing them out and then you wake up and you see you lost like that's an alternate reality like an alternate timeline i can't even put into words i want to know if there was jags fans who left at halftime had to and then missed out on the epic comeback and sorry when i said one in the last minute they won in the last three seconds phil go to win the game so crazy finish. Absolutely incredible game. And it was, it's crazy because watching that game, or not even not that, that game, but the last two games, the Jags, they felt like a team where they could be steady. Even if they got down, they could be steady. The head coaching experience or the experience that you get from head coaching was shown in that. Now, Jim Ersay doesn't believe in coaching experience. But <laughs> but there's something to be said about Doug Peterson's steady voice in that te- on that team. 
you have to imagine it's Doug Peterson, yeah, who kept that team focused and say, hey, we can come back. That's how we felt about the Vikings when they came back. You have to be, has to be coaching, I'm assuming. Somebody has to be a leader on the team that says, exactly. we just keep trusting the process and we'll be okay. They didn't change things drastically. They might have, you know, certainly made adjustments and stuff, but mm-hmm. they kept doing what had been working. And instead of having bad mistakes or some bad picks, they were able to put together. Now, is this the, it's just as impressive that the Jags did that, but how bad, I feel like for the Chargers, it was just a game of missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Repeated missed opportunities. You're absolutely right. Once you get up big, that's where teams fuck up. Because once they get up, they're like, oh, we just got to you know, make sure we don't lose. Well, once you get that mentality, that makes you susceptible to the comeback. And that's what we saw. Which seems so weird for a Brandon Staley-led team that's so aggressive. Yeah, that they did get so conservative in the second half and they didn't seem to be pushing it as much as you would expect. And when you've got a guy like Justin Herbert, I don't think there's a throw on the field he can't make. So why are you just making him do check downs the whole time? Like, let him push the ball. Like, it's it makes no sense to me. Like, that was just a bad coaching decision. It seems coaches can't handle when they're up 27 or, you know, yeah. just so many points that they feel like it's impossible for the other team. You're on a roll. I'm sure you're feeling great about things. You think that nothing you call can go wrong at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to really have an honest, you know, just kind of assessment. Cause I know like, I hate to always bring it back to Madden, but Madden, if we're up that much, I'm going to start fucking around. Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm feeling real good. I'm going to start just pulling whatever shit I feel like doing. Yep. Like there's, there's definitely like, First quarter mentality where it's like I want to I want to keep it close, play my game. Then when your game starts working, then you're like, oh, I'm getting a little cocky. Maybe I want to try something else. So then then I start doing the the onside kick. <laughs> 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 yes. Sorry, I had to make that call back. But yeah, so you start doing that. You start doing maybe the fake field goal, the fake punt. Like there's an arrogance. But in the NFL, there's a timidness. Like they pull back That's from the yep. moment. Like I don't get it. Everything's working, so let's stop doing what's working and just try to protect the game and protect the lead because we're just so worried about a mistake. Could you imagine the other side of that field going into halftime, right? Like the Chargers, they're riding high, 27 nothing. Like we're good. We've gotten four interceptions or five interceptions or whatever it was. On the other side of that field, Doug Peterson's talking to Trevor Lawrence like, hey, you've played the worst half of football of your career. Time to make people forget. Yeah, like, it can't get worse. So you start playing just, you know, you don't, you can just put it all on your back behind you because you can't do any worse, right? Exactly. You go back, you go back to the field. You're like, I don't have to worry about being conservative. We're already down. Time to let it rip. And you see him just start playing loose, more natural. And can we just talk about for a second, the fourth and one that, what was it? I want to say it was like a, a hat, like a, it was a pitch from under center to Travis Etienne Mm -hmm. where he takes it like 15 or 16 yards up the sideline. That was such a phenomenal call. I love the series of events. Please walk us through that for a second because we were watching the game. This, we had to watch the end of this together because it was, we had the game on So the first half. We're like, ah, fuck it. And then they got close at the end. We had to run over and watch the game. (laughs) So fourth and one, I believe they had already QB sneaked before they had and gotten it early in the game. So they had pulled up and it looked like they were going to just do a normal run. They weren't in any sort of like super heavy formation and they start to kind of like snap the ball and they call the timeout, but they still progress through the play almost. And you see the outside run kind of happen. You're like, Oh, it looks like they're going to run to the outside. And so then they took a timeout cause they didn't like that. Cause the chargers were playing for the, uh, there's definitely playing for the QB sneak after getting burned earlier. Yeah, And then they come in with a heavy formation, like super heavy. They have three running backs that look like they're there to just push Trevor Lawrence to make sure he gets the first down. Like everyone knew that's what was going to happen. And then after doing all that to then do the outside run and use the two running backs to block for the outside run and just really make sure that you had like they were playing 100% for the QB sneak. Everybody was there in the middle. So you have plenty of space on the outside to hit it. I normally hate those sort of runs, but the way they set everything up and got in your head was perfect. How, how ingenious is that to think maybe three, four moves ahead to set it up 
for the perfect play call. Like that's what you were talking about before with the back and forth, the point counterpoint, the mm-hmm. chess match of football, those nuances and intricacies. It was a phenomenal play call. Execution was fantastic. Like it's that type of leadership that Doug Peterson brought to that team and you see the the rewards and benefits and that's why they're going on to the next round. And I don't know if that's a play they've practiced a ton and they've seen that it can get a huge chunk. But think about the difference mm-hmm. between a QB sneak there where you get one yard and Travis Etienne just completely getting them in the field goal range and all they yep. had to do was burn out the clock until they just kicked the field goal to win. Instead of having to drive further down. Exactly. Like that was an unbelievable play call. Just another example of why coaching experience matters and why you love the postseason and super uh, wild card weekend. So Pearson's was great coaching. Now I feel like yet again, we keep seeing Brandon Staley make questionable decisions. Like we love his aggressiveness, but he's also kind of inconsistent with it. And then last week we had worried that maybe his aggressiveness was going to come back and bite him. How important would have Mike Williams been in this game. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what the problem is with Brandon Staley, he doesn't know how to read the situation. I love his aggressiveness, but he doesn't know how to either use that aggressiveness in your favor the right way. Like Doug Peterson used it in the right way on that fourth and one. Brandon Staley uses it in the wrong way in trying to win a meaningless game. And then you lose your top wide receiver for the postseason in like the last four or five minutes of a game at that point that really didn't matter. You were losing. It never mattered. And if you said that you wanted to, to kind of keep your winning going and carry momentum, you had lost all of it. So at that point, why have any starters? Exactly. Like, I don't think he, he knows how to gauge the moment. His aggressiveness is always there, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to use it properly. I think that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because you're right. We've praised in on a number of occasions the aggressive nature in which he coaches. That's just sometimes, unfortunately, a detriment to him. That's where I think experience needs to come in. Where, sure, the analytics say something. And I'm a big favor of trying to follow the analytics and try to be more aggressive. But sometimes you still have to read the room, like you said. like Know your team. Know how the, the game is going. Have a feel for it. This is still a very human game with yeah. you know human emotions and feelings and momentum and all that that really do take into account. And you have to be able to kind of take all of that in when you make your cube, your uh, coaching decisions. So, exactly. And he seems yeah, exactly. to have the best feel on that. Now, you bring up a great word that I'm going to use as our next segue. Momentum. There are moments within a game where momentum is felt. Momentum is a very real thing. In the Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins game, you could feel the momentum swing from the Buffalo Bills to the Dolphins with each Josh Allen turnover. Oh, man. Like, he single-handedly kept them in that game until the very end. Wow. It's really becoming a problem. Like, we keep talking about it because he keeps turning the ball over far more than you would expect for a quarterback of his level. Exactly. Exactly. Like he is the one of the ultimate risk reward guys, right? He's the ultimate no, no, go, go guy. <laughs> like you watch him. No, no, no. And then it works. And you're like, go, go, go. Like that's that's him to the T. And that's going to get them fucked. Yeah. You you have four first half turnovers against the Chiefs. You're going to be down oh. by a lot of points. Oh, absolutely. You're not facing Skylar Thompson every fucking week in the in the postseason. Like that shit will come back to bite you in the ass. So as a Bills fan, you got to get worried. I think you're probably very worried. You should be. Are you going to be able to pull some of that back? I don't think so. I think that's like you said, that's Josh Allen. He's going to believe in himself. He's going to take those chances because he has Stephon Diggs, who's Mm going to win most of those, you know, 50 50 balls that he's going to throw to him. And sometimes you're going to get burned. And what's wild to me is you look at the stats. Josh Allen, he put up huge numbers, huge numbers, and they just barely won. And again, he is the reason they win, and he could potentially be the reason that they lose. A couple of their losses have come down, you know, basically to him. We've seen that. 
There's been a couple of right in the, it only lost a couple of times, but usually it was his significant turnover at the end of mm-hmm. the game that really cost them. So I, I love, I love the way the bills are built. I still think that they're, I wouldn't say they're the best team in the NFL like I did the beginning of the season, but they are absolutely, I'd say in the top three, sure. you can pick the order. I'd say they're in the top three. How much different would this team look if they had a actual running game? Like Devin Singletary can be good, but he hasn't shown up. Then they've got uh, uh, James Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook's brother, hasn't shown up. Your your running game is your quarterback. Yeah, like, that you can't you can't sustain that. That's my that's my only concern with Josh Allen moving forward. Right. If you're asking him to make all the throws and then make all the runs, that's it, not a recipe for success. Not for long term success, for sure. We've seen even durable running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson finally start to get some injuries. Yeah. And you would expect Josh Allen's going to have that happen, too, if he keeps running just the crazy amounts that he's doing. You're right. It's not sustainable. And there's going to be games where teams are able to take away the pass or at least make it a lot harder for you. And you need Mm -hmm. to be able to rely on a running game. So then let me ask you this, Matt. Before everyone gets on us and talks about, well, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen aren't built the same. Josh Allen's thick with two C's. I get it. I understand it. But there is something to be said about the physicality of this game. And keeping your quarterback in the pocket and safe is the name of the game. You've got a a top five quarterback in this league for the next 15 years. Don't fuck it up. That's That's all I'm saying. The quarterbacks that we've seen sustained for 15, 20 years have all been pocket passers. Yeah. I think I mean, you can be a great mobile quarterback. You're just going to have a shortened career if you can't transition to a pocket passer at some point. Absolutely. And I know we've we've harped on the bill on the bills this whole game, but there was another team on that field and that was the Miami Dolphins. Kudos to them. Like they played inspired. Skylar Thompson he most certainly was not Tua, was not going to be Tua. You didn't expect that from him. But the way that that team as a whole fought and stayed in that game, admirable, admirable. Very impressive performance by them. They almost beat the Bills with yeah. a guy that no one really knows unless you're a Dolphins fan. Exactly. This is what, exactly. their third or fourth QB now? Uh, Yes. Oh, no, he's their third QB, yes. Third QB. You don't expect to win or even really be competitive that much with a third could be <laughs> exactly. They have a ton of talent though. They've been loading up on people, which is why Tua mm-hmm. had so much success because so much of it is based on just their talent at receiver, their talent. You know, Mike Gusecki got a touchdown. He's still a good tight end, even if it doesn't get used enough. Yeah, and absolutely. They had built a good defense coming into this. So should we be surprised about the ability to get the most out of your third string quarterback since McDaniels came from that Kyle Shanahan tree? Like maybe we should have kind of given him a little more credit. That's fair. Mike McDaniels is so much better than I anticipated. Oh yeah. Apparently that Shanahan coaching tree is pretty good. Oh, absolutely. I know absolutely. The Dolphins OC is getting, or like the Dolphins coordinators are getting a ton of attention because of what they did this year. And Mm -hmm. you feel like it's the sort of thing that can maybe be replicated because they're not bringing a system other than let's utilize the talent that we have. That's what it feels like. Right. Which is now, a winning formula for most people. I know Finn's Nation, they they have their gripes, and some of them rightfully so. The one that I've been seeing the most is why wasn't Jeff Wilson running the ball? Why weren't they running the ball? He had 10 carries. That's it. Like if you want to keep the you want to keep the game going, I understand that they were getting a bunch of yards at the end to try to keep up, but Running the ball helps the quarterback. Like, I don't understand that. And that's also because I bet on him having more than 50 <laughs> rushing yards. So whatever. Probably easy to think that, you know, you're going to have to pass to keep up with the Bills because you're probably going to have to. <laughs> uh, typically yeah. in the game, they're not turning over four times for you to help you out. So you're going to have to pass a lot. So maybe that's the game plan. I know also the Bills have had just tons of injuries to the secondary throughout the season. That's where yeah, yeah. Did they beat them earlier in the season because of that. With Tua at the helm, they were able mm-hmm. to get over top of them with their receivers. 
and take advantage of the depleted secondary. So, you know, worked before. Maybe you felt like it's going to work again, even with a different quarterback. Yeah. Well, we see that that was not the case. But, alas, great season for the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo Bills, as expected, continue to move on into the divisional round. Um, I think, I think the game I would want to talk about next mm-hmm. is the New York Giants and Vikings game. This is the one that I picked correctly. So is this a good time to talk about how Mr. 6-0 over there? Yes. Hey, I was going to throw this. I said, make the delay a game pod parlay a thing this season or this week. I did it. It went six for six because I jumped ship from my bank to the Giants <laughs> and it paid off. Absolutely, man. And not only that, but you uh, you also played on the a Cowboys, right? We and called you made a couple Cowboys. Bucks off of that. Yeah, I bet on them just to win. I I believed in my picks except for the Giants because <laughs> I had l- listened to your reasoning and it made sense. But yeah. How great were we this season? Let's we forgot to pat ourselves on the shoulder for that. That is true. We like called this week. We called this week, and not only that, but you go back weeks and weeks. We've been talking about the Vikings for a while. I think. And not only that, the other side of it, we've been talking about the Giants as well. So this wasn't really a shock to anyone who listens. No, so, if you've been listening, we said the Vikings were gonna have issues since I think halfway through the season when everyone got hot on them. We're like, hey. They could be frauds, like don't get too high on them. And yep. then the Giants, you know, we don't we said any team could win, right? So Exactly. Well, and not only did we say any team could win, we remember we gamed out their uh their remaining schedule. They didn't end up going the ten or eleven wins that we were looking at. They might have gotten ten wins. Ten and six, I think, actually. But the this is the outcome that Brian Dable has been teaching this mentality. Right. Like you stay in the game out physical them. And that's what they did. Like this was a good game, a solid game by the Giants for sure, who I hate harping on this, but they knew who they had in their quarterback and their running back. And they built an offense around those people. Absolutely. To utilize their talents, not to try to force them to play to their system. They changed their system to work for their quarterback. How crazy an idea is that? Now Danny Dimes yes. is looking pretty good. You know, when you when you take a step back and you don't use the comparison, right? Like you don't compare Daniel Jones to the next guy. If you just look at Daniel Jones, he had a very good game. He this is probably the best game he's played in my opinion between his stats and where it happens in the season. This was a great game by him. And kudos to Brian uh, Brian Dable for putting him in that position. For taking a team that has huge glaring weaknesses, especially at receiver. Yeah. And you're still able to make it work. Of course, they have what Isaiah Hodgins or Hodgins. Who yeah, he is, goes over 100. He's been showing up the last couple of weeks. Like they finally yeah. found somebody to throw the ball to, which is helpful. Which is wild to me, considering <laughs> the last couple of off seasons, you went and got Darius Slayton or Kenny Galladay and. Darius Slate was trying his fucking best to lose you this game when he dropped that third down conversion for a first. So, yeah, well, we were worried for his safety if they ended up losing that game. Giants fans hundred percent come for him. A hundred percent. OK, New Yorkers are passionate, but they are also crazy. It is a very fine line. <laughs> yes. You don't want to get them pissed off from what I know, even though I'm still willing to talk shit all day now. That's right. The Giants offense is getting praise. The Giants defense showed up and they've been putting in work all season. That's one thing that we've consistently talked about is that they've been able to get pressure and they play this very aggressive style of defense where they blitz a ton and it's been working for them for the most part. The reason why it's been paying off for them is Kayvon Thibodeau has been coming on. Like you can blitz a lot when you've got a guy who can consistently win his one-on-one. Blitzes work a lot better when somebody actually gets there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like (laughs) you can blitz a lot if that's what's happening. Like when you don't win, blitzing is a that shit is an Achilles heel. But you're right. This defense, they put together a great game plan. I think it's the game plan everyone talks about, but not not a lot of teams were able to do. You make them beat you with someone not named Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson taken out of the game 
what happens? He tries to feed everything through TJ Hawkinson, which eats up a lot of the middle of the field, but that doesn't get you the splash plays or the points. Which has really been their bread and butter is just having Justin Jefferson destroy you deep, right? Yes. So great by the Giants, great game plan. Uh, And then the Vikings just didn't do enough, which has kind of usually been their thing. They haven't been great in any game, but usually they've just eked it out at the end. And this time, this is the first game that they lost. And I want to say with a one score difference out of the 12 that they've played. Yeah, and it's because they got down early. So a lot of times with Justin Jefferson, they've been able to get up early and just kind of either like the other team will catch them and then they'll score again and they kind of just stay above water the whole game. This time they got behind and they weren't able to get past. Exactly. And watching that game, like you felt, I I think I, I'm not sure if I tweeted. I know I thought about it. You felt once the Vikings got the ball back, it's like, oof, this feels like a Kirk Cousins turnover. Like this is a ripe moment for that. He didn't do that, but he threw a three-yard check down on fourth and eight. <laughs> Classic 4 p.m. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, the check. I hate that. The check down on fourth, like fourth in game. You got to yes. get the first. You got to make a play to get the first down unless the guy is just wide the fuck open where he can run for it. But he was a contested catch. Like, yeah, you really expecting that guy. Like your hope and prayer is that he breaks that tackle and then runs. Exactly. Exactly. I get it. You wanted to protect the ball, but you had no reason to protect it. I don't care if it's a defensive meeting that uh, Justin Jefferson <laughs> is running into. I'm throwing it to him. I'm I'm putting it up, putting air under it and hoping for the best. We'll trust your guy. We saw DeAndre Hopkins. It was, you know, this is back last season, but that happened yeah. where he was like surrounded by four people. Right. And they just chucked it to him. Like you think Justin Jefferson, even if he's fully covered, gives you a better exactly. chance. Now, I think this is more that Kirk Cousins doesn't always have the greatest game awareness. Because yeah. we've seen that time and time again where there's a critical moment and he does the wrong thing. Like he lost the game in Washington one time because he took a knee instead of spiking the ball <laughs> at the end exactly. of a game and they ran out of time so they couldn't kick a field goal. It's See? been those head scratching moments that kind of help suppress Kirk Cousins' abilities. And it's those moments that fuel the uh, the narrative about him, right? So now he has to go another off season, another what six months, and then you have the full eighteen week schedule to hope that you can squash those demons again. Like it, this is following him. I think this is something that he's going to be able to shake. The, in my opinion, the Vikings need to get a guy that they can groom to be ready to take over for Kirk Cousins because you. You are wasting Justin Jefferson's prime. Yeah. Cousins has been in the league 11 seasons now. Like, remember, yeah. he came in in the early 2010s with um, Oh, the Robert 2012 Griffin. draft. Yeah. 2012. Yep. That's a long time. Like, we know who he is. Yep. He's an above average passing quarterback. But then kind of like what's in between the ears like we talk about is probably more below average. Oh, like his game awareness de- and everything is not what you want it to be. And he, unfortunately, like he's just not good enough to get you deep into the playoffs regularly. Like exactly. he can win you the games during the regular season, especially against opponents he's supposed to beat. But when it matters, you can't really count on him. And that's a huge reason probably why he didn't stick around with Washington. I know there's a ton of stuff, but I wouldn't want to keep paying him a ton of money to this. Oh, it for you're you. absolutely right. Like, there's a narrative sometimes that's unfair for people like, oh, they lose in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He has shown that, though. It's true. Like between the primetime narrative, the postseason narrative and games against winning football teams narrative, there is a lot against him. Like at this point, he is who he is and they need to be protecting themselves for when they can move him. Yeah, you got to start planning for. Yeah. Can you draft a quarterback? Can you make that switch? Figure that shit out because they need to move on. They have Kevin O'Connell who has mm-hmm. put together, seems to be a very good offense. Oh they yeah. Did pretty well. Justin Jefferson went crazy. So it seems I like mean, maybe you could plug someone it. in. Yeah. You look at that team. They've got great, they've got great talent. They've got, of course, Justin Jefferson, top five, maybe even top two receiver in the league. They still have Dalvin cook. Who's a very good running back. Then you've got TJ Hawkinson, who is a good tight end. Like they've got talent. The guy pulling the trigger matters. 
and they need to really do a deep dive into maybe some scouting reports for these late round gems of quarterbacks coming out this year. There you go. So, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> All right. And then what was that last game? Oh, which one is the last one? I should know it, but let me look because I'm yeah, no old. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens Bengals. Right, right, right. This one we were talking about last night, right? Okay. I know that you put on, uh, you had a, a parlay with Joe Burrow going uh, X number of yards. You pissed me off. Yes, we did talk about that part. <laughs> yes, yes. So they won the game. Everybody knows that. Should they be concerned, though? This is a game where you thought they were going to come in and blow out the Ravens. Just kind oh, of yeah. considering everything that's been going on, just how hot the Bengals have been. Just mm-hmm. definitely threw a bucket of water on that. I thought for sure, like when this game was over, we were going to be referring to the Baltimore team as the Baltimore Pigeons. Like <laughs> it was going to be ugly. I, I, that was my thought going in. The fact that this was a one score game and the only reason they won was because of a, a lucky uh, fumble return, 98 yards for a touchdown. Like I, I expected more, but the outcome was still the same. Which is, you know, the Bengals have to appreciate like that's hey, as a Bengals fan, you got the win. That's what matters at the end of the day. There you go. It wasn't pretty though. And as a Ravens fan, you have to be pretty happy, even though you lost. I know it sucks, but other than maybe a questionable Tyler Huntley QB sneak decision. Yeah. Like you could have maybe won the game if that doesn't happen. Absolutely. That's 100%. that fumble recovery, wasn't it? Yeah, it, that's exactly right. So that was that moment, which I know is getting a lot of criticism. You're with, from within the team. One play away from winning this game with Tyler Hunting, not Lamar Jackson, who do you think gets that QB sneak for the win? I mean, hell, if 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 it's me and you and you have uh, Lamar Jackson, you're not even QB sneaking it that way. I'm putting him to the edge and letting him outrun somebody. Yeah, you're right. Triple option that shit. Exactly. So, yes, I think Ravens fans can potentially find comfort in knowing how close you were. But I know that the Ravens staff cannot yeah. between Jim Harbaugh talking shit or no John Harbaugh talking shit. And then J.K. Dobbins talking shit like Ravens flock is feeling something today. That's because they kept it closer than they expected, though. Right. So I think it's oh, some yeah. of that frustration and that they felt they fought hard enough to win this game. And then just one questionable play call uh, cost them the game. So mm-hmm. I think you have to as a coach, you have to be able to write it out like Pete Carroll. He was able to kind of keep the team together despite the whole Super Bowl play call fiasco for a while. True. So it'll have to be on Hallbar to keep the group together. Even though we talked about it with why spend so much like draft J.K. Dobbins highly to then not use him when he's been hot lately. Like he's been last six weeks, the number one running back or top a very top tier running back for the last since he's came back healthy. And then exactly he, he was running pretty well. And then you didn't really use him a ton. So he was the 55th overall draft pick uh, from the 2020 uh, draft class. He, like you said, he was putting in work. Why spend a second round pick for a guy you don't want to put the ball in his hands? Like once you get down there, if Huntley, like Huntley also had like 55 yards rushing. So like he was moving with his legs as well, but you drafted this guy specifically to tote the rock. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? And I don't feel like Huntley is the guy that you want pushing the pile. Well, J.K. Yes. Dobbins or even, was it Gus, Bradley Gus or whatever? Gus, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. Both of them are better options for like running it in there that hard one yard in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And they're not trying to go over the top, right? They're going to try to out physical these guys. That's what you want in that moment, in that situation. I don't know why you would go away from that. Why you wouldn't even try that. I don't get it. I know. I think there was some discussion about whether or not the play call was for over the top or not. Like to go mm-hmm. over, even though we've seen some other quarterbacks be able to do that and just reach the ball and get it. Looking at you, Trevor Lawrence. But I don't know how big is Huntley. Like he's, I don't know if he's the Huntley? biggest dude. I don't think he's the biggest dude. He's like six two two something. Uh, six what? one. So that is not the guy you kind of want doing that. You want like six five, six four. Long exactly. arms, boom. Long arms, like you don't have to get super far. You just cross the threshold, pull it back. Like, and if that you think would have made more sense. I'm being picky about three inches. This is a game of fucking inches, so it's true. <laughs> that matters it's a true. lot <laughs> when you're talking about that. Okay. Plus the extra probably inch or two arm length. That's about you know six inches. That's half a foot. That's a good amount 
Like that's, I feel like that's really long guys. Six <laughs> inches is pretty huge. Just so everyone is aware. <laughs> I'm going to get you a shirt that says inches matter. <laughs> <laughs> Every inch counts people. Every oh my inch. God. I love that shit. But anyway, this, this weekend was everything it was built up to be. And I cannot wait for the divisional rounds. We're down to the best eight teams. And it feels a lot like it's the best eight teams this year. It does. It doesn't feel like someone just kind of squeaked in and they're just kind of getting lucky. It's a weird season. The AFC, the two, three, and four seeds all won. And then as we would kind of say it, since the NFC won, like the best teams won, right? (laughs) In the NFC, the NFC East. Yeah. Like, we didn't. We weren't huge fans of the Vikings long term. Like they're good. We didn't think they had a long chance of going deep. And then we all knew that the Bucks really weren't that great. Like exactly. So, and I, I was just gonna piggyback yeah. on what you were saying. And the Seahawks, you kind of you felt like they got there because they played well enough to outlast other teams, but there was no real threat or concern that they were gonna go deep. No. Like, these are the best four teams in the NFC. And it's going to be fun to watch. The only thing we're missing out on is that the Lions are not in the playoffs. Oh, I know. They're the God. team that I think had the best Cinderella you know, option. The best option for a Cinderella story. I shit you not. If they got in and they played the 49ers, they beat the 49ers. You guarantee it, don't you? I guarantee it. alternate multiverse. In an alternate timeline, I picked the Lions to beat the 49ers in a wild card weekend. And... The Lions, Detroit is just burning because they're going crazy 100%. for their first playoff win in like 30 fucking years. <laughs> oh, God. I would have loved to watch that matchup. But whatever. We have what we have and we're going to fucking appreciate it. Now, speaking of just like crazy playoffs, has anyone done a, a health and wellness check on the city of Jacksonville at this point? <laughs> like, I haven't checked the news. I'm assuming it's just a smoldering heap of fire and alcohol. I did step out on my porch and look to the south. I didn't see flames. So I assume the city is still intact. So we're okay for the moment. Every as week. As far though. as we know. As far as we know. I can tell you, though, like after that fourth interception, people were pouring gas on their shit. Just waiting for the game to be over to just light it. There's a whole bunch of Trevor Lawrence jerseys just in a big pile, like ready to go. And then. Exactly. Smelling like gasoline. And then they all pulled them off and like, oh, don't worry about that shit. This is good. No, no. No, this is fine, okay? Now I don't have to worry about buying my drugs. I just smell this jersey, and I'm good. <laughs> it was a best of both worlds for Jags fans. So There you go. Duval! All right. <laughs> I said that terribly. Sorry. I love that shit. Bortles! Bortles! All right, Matt. So we've got our divisional round coming up. We've got great games. What We can start with the AFC. If you want, I'm good with that. Sure. I think the first game, sorry, we're pulling up our analytics team here, which is powered by Apple. Yeah. Why don't we just go like the first game, the last game, which is Jags Chiefs. So we just talked about them. Can the Jags keep the magic alive against, I think my favorite team, well, like favorite Super Bowl team, like team to win the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Can they pull it off? No. (laughs) That's a solid no right there. Yeah, there, there is not a whole lot that should go into this one. You got lucky that you played the Chargers and threw four picks. You played the Chiefs and throw four picks. You might as well forfeit the rest of the game. The Like I just kind of teased, I think the Chiefs are playing the best right now. Like Mahomes, yes. we had some like, oh, can Mahomes, can they adapt the offense to their receivers? That was a resounding yes. They handled <laughs> everything just fine. I think they're the most balanced right now in a lot of ways because they did find a good running back in Pachinko. At least mm-hmm. he's been getting them the work that they need from a running game. And, Mahomes, and they didn't have to spend a first round pick on him like they did for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah, they did not cost a ton. And Mahomes has just been able to work down the field no problem. Like their drives are taking longer, but when you have Mahomes doing it, you're not worried about, oh, is it going to stall? Exactly. Like, you're not nearly as worried as maybe some other teams that have to dink and dunk down the field. Yeah. Like the Chiefs, they can play you however you want, right? They can long stroke you or they can just quit game you. Like it doesn't really matter. So like, I'm with you. Chiefs end the Jags playoff run, but Jags still got to feel good about the season. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So then next game for that Saturday docket, we've got the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles, the heralded MVP caliber Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. What you got? Everyone else is probably favorite team. I don't know if the Giants can keep things going. Mm -hmm. The Eagles should be rested, but we don't really know how Jalen Hurts is feeling. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the Eagles. I think they're too talented around for the Giants. I completely understand that. I'm actually going to go the opposite direction. I'm going the Giants. Reason why that is, Giants have the momentum. If you look at how the yeah, you look at how the uh, the Eagles played their backups, damn near lost. Rust is a real thing coming off of the first week by, and I think something that kind of goes under the radar: the rushing defense for the Philadelphia Eagles is not top tier. And what do the uh, the Giants do really well? Run the ball. So I think it's close. I think you win this. I think the Giants win this game like 21-17, 24-21. Okay. It'll be super close. Close game, but the Giants get the upset for you. I think the Eagles come out, show people, oh, okay, they're not too shabby. I don't know about the week after that, but okay, I'll give it the and Eagles then, All right. So we've, we're both looking at it at one and one right we now. Have some, some differences of opinion. Last time it went your favor. We'll see if it, it goes my way this time. All right. And then I guess the first game on Sunday, I'll be flying back. So I will be able to catch all of the games. So I'm super excited for that. Um, we've got the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, both teams give you reason for pause. Like they came in, I feel like really hot. To, both teams came in the playoffs hot. And now that you're like, uh, they both have issues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the team. I think is probably just the, the slightly better team, which is the Bills. I think okay. uh, Allen pulls back some of the, doesn't have the four turnovers, and they get mm-hmm. the win. Uh, I'm going to also agree with you. I think it's going to be the Bills. N- not for any other reason than the uh, the Bengals left tackle, Jonah Williams, dislocated his kneecap. So he's going to be week to week. I, I think That's that fair. matters in this type of game. That can be huge. So I know the Bengals are going to be looking to try to take advantage of the Bills secondary, but it's probably going to be a high-scoring affair, which should hopefully be a ton of fun to watch. Maybe a Bills-Chiefs kind of oh, similar style God, game. That'd, that'd be so be awesome. good. Oh, no, that'd I'm, gonna, be so good. I'm putting that onto the universe because I would love to see that happen. All right, just don't bet on that game, Matt. Okay, <laughs> no. I don't. I don't want to watch you lose more money. <laughs> I'm going to bet that everyone scores a touchdown and then there'll be zero points scored. <laughs> And it's a field goal. Yes. <laughs> a game of field goals. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But I appreciate your concern. All right. Your game of the week. Yes. Your Cowboys against the 49ers. Who are you picking? I'll let you throw it out first. Uh, oh God. I have to go the 49ers. I got to do the 49ers. I think the Cowboys are a great matchup for them. I just have more faith in Kyle Shanahan's run scheme and run fits. So I'm going to go 49ers. I appreciate you putting the podcast first before your cowboy homerism. (laughs) Because like after they won last night, it was pretty damn excited, which you should be. I was, I was high. I was real high, real high. I feel like this is, but but wait, before you make your pick though, I will say this about the podcast. We both have our favorite teams, but that doesn't cloud us from making the right calls. If That's our team what? sucks, we will call them on it. If our team is not as good as the opponent, we will call them on it. So that's just the kind of people that we are, and that's what people get here. So I feel like there's always one upset game of the week. I don't have an upset yet. I'm going to go Cowboys on this one. Okay. Like you said, they match up well. It's going to come down to something where it's you know a turnover or something. So maybe Tr- Trevon Diggs gets another one of the <sighs> picks that he loves to do against Brock Purdy. I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. I said last week that the Cowboys were getting to the MC championship. So I'm going to be a man of my word. <laughs> Sticking by it. Even if you, your word was said out of spite. Does yes. it count? I'm doubling down. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know how to do. All right. Well guys, those are our picks. And you know what, Matt, you said it, you said it earlier in the podcast. Let's say it again. The delay of game uh, parlay, market, make your money, guys. So make your money. Last week went 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 six and zero. Oh. So if you're picking one of the two people to choose between on parlay, I would probably go him. Just saying, he's been hot lately. There you go. So guys, 
Just a reminder then, you're going to want to put the money line. Don't do the overs or the unders. You go money line for the 49ers, Giants, Bills, Chiefs. Don't do the spread because we're not good at that either. <laughs> we also are not accepting any sort of financial liability. If you get stuff wrong, bet within your limits, all that good shit. Yes, if you have a gambling problem, I'm sure there's a number you can there's call. There's like an 800 number on the app. Just pull up the app first. Look on the <laughs> for the 800 number. Don't place any bets until you call first. Yeah. Know your financial situation first. Okay. So. All right, don't go out there and you know, bet your mortgage. And then come back, talk to us about, hey, I need a place to stay because nope. I ain't got space for you. <laughs> we're, we're overbooked already. I'm trying to figure out how to make space. There you go. Well, guys, as always, great fucking episode. It's been awesome talking with you. We will see you guys next week. All right. For more playoff football, I'm very excited. See you guys.